Lab World! It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every single day. We got a fun show for you today. Uh, the the Blazers offseason is probably not over. Like they're it's probably not done. At some point, they're going to have to make a decision on what Eric Bledsoe's future is. His future is not with the Trailblazers, so it's either getting waived or getting traded. Uh, for my money, probably getting waived. If I had to guess how this works in the end, but. You know, they're sitting with a 15-person full roster, uh, 14 if you assume that Bledsoe has gone somewhere, but they're there, and the Jeremy Grant trade is finalized, which has not been finalized yet. That would get that would get you to 14. They're maybe not done, but they're close to a full boat, and what I want to do in today's show is kind of talk about what they look like now using some advanced stats tools uh, to kind of discuss what the strengths and weaknesses of this team are and how to put out your best five-man grouping, your best starting lineup, your best closing lineup, whatever that might be. Uh, I want to start with just some context. I, let's, let's put this in context so we can talk sort of specifically about lineups in general. I think the Blazers have like a pretty defined top seven. And then whether they play uh, nine or ten kind of depends on, on Chauncey Billups' preferences. I don't think I get a sense of whether he – I think he would like to play nine. But last year he went a little bit deeper because they had you know more mix and match parts and he was trying to figure it out and what fit and they were struggling. And then by the time he got to the sort of point in the season where coaches dial it in, the Blazers you know shut Damon Lillard down and then shortly thereafter pulled the plug, et cetera, et cetera. So like I have a little bit of trouble, to be quite honest, figuring out exactly what Chauncey Billups wants wants to do. Uh, I think part of this season will be getting, I get, I got some sense. I know, I know kind of what, what he prefers and what he doesn't prefer, but like sort of the day-to-day decision-making stuff he was sort of taken from him by the context and bizarreness of last season. Um, you know, from, from his first year, year coaching when he was, you know, still kind of struggling with you know, he's playing guys too many minutes early in the season. He admitted as much that rotations were the biggest uh, challenge for him earlier in the year. And I believe very wholeheartedly that the only thing a coach does on game day is decide who plays and when. It's, that's like a little too reductive because it's not the only thing they do. But I really do think the the biggest decision NBA coach makes, and I've I've talked about this with previous Blazers coaches, is like who plays and when. Put, put, putting the guys on the floor because once they're on the floor, they kind of make the decisions. You can call plays or whatever, but they they are the ones who are making decisions on both ends of the court. Um, you do your prep before the game starts, and then once the game starts, um, it's a player's league in the regular season. Uh, obviously, coaching has like a great impact, but in general, throughout the year, lineup decisions are the most important thing a coach makes. And so that's the thing that I am most fascinated by. And I think the Blazers, like I said, have this clear top seven. I think the starting lineup right now, if you were to put it, if they had to play a game tomorrow, would be Damian Lord, Anthony Simons, Nazir Little, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> They'd have to finalize a Grant trade to get that game going. But I think that's your starting group because I think, not because Nas is like far and away your best small forward, but he's your best small, f- like, not because Nazir Little is like a guaranteed NBA starter, I should say, but he's the best option that the Blazers currently have. I think behind those five, Dame, Ant, Nas, Jeremy Grant, and Nurk, 
Josh Hart's going to be your first guy off the bench. That's your sixth man. I think uh, Gary Payton, the second, is pretty obviously six or seven. I think he's your seventh man. I think he plays a bunch of minutes off the bench. Then eight is probably Justice Winslow or Trendon Watford, and nine is probably Shaden Sharp or Greg Brown the third. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's just Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, Gary Payton, and Trendon Watford off the bench to begin with. Four, four guys off the bench, no traditional center off the bench. They go small with Trendon Watford. Um, you know, Drew Eubanks doesn't have a role. Early on, Shaden Sharp doesn't have a role because one, they're a little crowded in the like guys who are shooting guards who are going to have to play small forward minutes. Um, and because in general, the teenagers aren't very good in the NBA. It doesn't mean that no teenager has ever been good in the NBA. I say this a bunch, but in general, rookies are bad. Uh, and if you want to be like a really good team, it's hard to it's hard to carve out 20 minutes a night for a rookie. I, I am very curious, and we'll talk about this later in the week, if, if Shaden Sharp proves that he can play, like it proves that he can do like it needs to play right away. Um, which again, I am skeptical of because on, on my account of belief of most rookies, my most rookies are bad headline, uh, then this kind of changes the calculation. But for now, I kind of see Sharp as outside of the rotation. I see Greg Brown as outside the rotation. And it's the same with Didi Luzada and Keon Johnson and Drew Eubanks. I see those gentlemen as uh, particularly Greg Brown and, and Eubanks and Sharp as like, if you need help, you kind of go to the end of the bench. That is your end of the rotation depth. But up front, Dame Ant Nas. Jeremy Grant, Nurk, I don't know, I need a Nick, I'm going to have to meet Jeremy Grant and learn what people call him because I can't keep calling him by his first name and last name, uh, Josh Hart, Justin Winslow, Gary Payton, like I think I think that's kind of a lock, uh, I think Winslow could be the guy who gets swapped in and out there as needed, but he's going to have to play some backup minutes at the four, I think Trenton Watford is just like a straight up starting, or starting, I think he's your straight up backup center to begin the season, which is a choice, and I hope Trenton has a really good uh, summer league to give us some hope there, like the context that I'm trying to set here is like, I think the Blazers kind of have their group set up, but the challenge is how does this group necessarily fit together? I think the starting lineup stuff is pretty obvious, but it's that first sub, second sub, third sub. What do you come back with? What do you close with that I think becomes becomes the question? If you just look at this group on the surface, like if you just look at the starting lineup on the surface, um, Dame, Ant, Nas, Jeremy Grant, and Nurk, that's a pretty good... Like you get some, you get really good individual offense with with Damon Ant and Ant. If he can continue to improve as a finisher at the rim, he was not even when he was really good last year. He still didn't finish at the rim. If he can get there, then the Blazers have guys who can get to the rack uh, with with Ant and Nas, Ant and and Dame. Nas is a really good straight line driver. If he has space, he's a really good finisher. Like if he gets downhill at the rim, Jeremy Grant has some isolation skills. Um, it's not really I don't you don't want to use him like a ton in ISO skills, but he can get his own shot a little bit more than you think. And Nurk is a good fulcrum as as either a guy out of the post, which I hope they continue to use, or um, or just as a passer screen roll guy. He's like a he's a really good uh, pick and roll partner with either guard. I think you have some balance there, but you have some defensive limitations. Damon Lord is not a very good defender, and Amphrey Simons is worse than that. He's 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 bad. He's just straight up bad at it. Um, he can get better. He's 22, right? Like it's this isn't um, it's not set in stone. But currently, and through his first four years in the league, Amphrey Simons has been bad. Capital B bad on defense. Um, that that's an issue, particularly playing next to Dame, who's never been a good defender. That puts a lot of pressure on the other three guys you put on the court. That is the Blazers' challenge and always has been. Um, and even when it was Damon CJ, very similar challenge. Uh, CJ was a little bit better defender than Anthony Simons has been. That doesn't mean that Ant can't surpass him there. Um, it doesn't mean Ant doesn't have other strengths. But for real, the Blazers are putting out a worse defensive backcourt than they have over the past six seasons. 
at least on paper. We'll see what happens. That means who plays around them has always been the thing with Dame plus another guard roughly his size. This is a new guard roughly his size, but it is the same calculations. Who you put out there, and I, th- I believe Joe Cronin basically said exactly as much during uh, one of his interviews, uh, one of his uh, handful of times he's, he's addressed the media, is that th- the complementary parts really matter. Jeremy Grant seems like a really nice complimentary part that would fit that. Yusuf Nurkic, basically, every time he's been on the court, the Blazers have been kind of an average defense. It's when he's not on the court that the Blazers have been a question mark, which is one of the reasons I'm not in love with the Trenton Watford off the bench idea necessarily. Nazir Little, in theory, if he becomes what he can be, is the versatile defender, straight line driver, good athlete, really good rebounder that covers up for some of the Blazers' other uh, de- uh, rebounding deficiencies, particularly from Jeremy Grant. Um, like he's a he's a guy who checks a lot of boxes, but it's not that simple. So what I did was I went to bballindex.com, the good folks at bball-index.com. And I use some of their lineup creation tools to look at what I think might be the Blazers' best lineups. And that's what I want to do in the second segment is kind of take you inside of my my advanced stats journey. Now that we kind of have the parameters of who's going to play and who's going to who I think is going to start and all of that, um, what fits and what the Blazers need to do to address those fits. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about winning an NBA Jam machine, Arcade One Up. The leader in home retro arcade games is bringing back NBA Jam, and they've made it bigger than ever with the Shaq Edition machine. Uh, if you are roughly my age, NBA Jam was a huge part of your childhood, one of the just um, pioneering sports games in the video game world, a just an all-time great arcade game, and you can bring that into your house. How fun is that? If you order right now on arcade1up.com, that's arcade the number one up.com, you can get it delivered in early September. And if you don't want to, if you want more than just NBA Jam, they got Golden Tee, they got Mortal Kombat, and a whole bunch of other classics starting at just $399. But like I said, you can win a free machine. Arcade One Up is giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked on listener. Enter for a chance to win the console for your home at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to winter that NBA Jam Shack edition console. All right. So we talked about the Blazers group. I think they've got an established top seven, a likely top nine with some guys on the outside. But the question is, how does this team fit together? And with the pre- with the presumed starting lineup of Dame Ant, Nas, Jeremy Grant, and Nurk, we'll just call him Grant for now, with, the Dame, Ant, with Dame Ant, Nas, Grant, and Nurk, You've got some, uh, You, I think the offense is okay because I think Damon Lord on his own and Damon Lord with, you know, running a pick and roll with um, that type of spread around him with, with Nurk, you've, you're going to be fine. Um, I think if Anthony Simons continues to take a role, my big question with Ant is what is he like as a secondary guy? Incredible when he was on the ball in that in his stretch when he was like a borderline all-star and he had the ball in his hands a bunch. Incredible. Just great. Um Took real strides as a playmaker, took real, you know, like I said, got to the rim more, didn't didn't get fouled and didn't make free throws, but got to the rim or didn't earn free throws, um, but he made them just fine. Uh, but, you know, uh, but just 
an incredible pull-up shooter, really, really took massive strides as a playmaker. Um, I think the advanced numbers suggest that maybe he didn't take as much strides as your eyeballs suggest, but when you watched him, he was making reads that he wasn't in the past, or he was making reads and seeing them faster and reacting to them faster. Like, he, he really took a step. But the question is, what does he do off the ball? Um, that's my question for Ant. I think he'll be fine because he's just such a darn good catch-and-shoot shooter and such a good athlete, and I think he can leverage those to get better. Uh, but I, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's just like obviously still a question with him. But I went to bball-index.com. It's uh, They have some free ad- advanced stats, like analytics type tools, and they have some uh, premium like behind the paywall tools. I went behind the paywall. I'm lucky enough to have a subscription. Thanks to good folks at Locked On Podcast Network. Um, and I went behind the paywall to use some of their lineup data tools. So mostly what I'm looking at is the production of players last season and kind of saying, like, I'm, I didn't, you know, I'm not looking at four or five years of data. I'm looking at how guys performed last season and how their lineup tool, you can build a five-man lineup, projects that that group and what their strengths and weaknesses will be moving forward. If you look at that starting group, like you, like I just said, like with your eyeballs and with your smarts, you don't need, um, you don't need the advanced numbers to know this. They look like a good offensive team that is like a mediocre defensive group or maybe a little bit below average. And that's exactly what the advanced stats say. Uh, like they're going to be good one-on-one scores, um, good, you know, good shot creation, good spacing with this group like that. I think that's not a worry. The worry a little bit is playmaking talent and not enough guys who are really high level passers. Jeremy Grant took big strides as a passer in Detroit, but, um, Still kind of like a good passer, but not a really, really special one. Same with Ant, a good passer, but not a special one. But developing, I think Ant could get there. Damian Lord is a great passer. Uh, wasn't always in his career a great passer, but has 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 become just, he's, he's a great floor manipulator. He's really good at reading the second line of defense. A great playmaker. Uh, I think he's, in some ways, if Dame is underrated in any world, it's his playmaking. He's darn good at it. Uh, but that group lacks a little bit of, like, um, they're not this monster offensive team because Nas is a little bit of a question mark on offense because he's like a below average shooter who, um, well, he has a developing in between game, hasn't really shown it and he's good at getting to the rim, but it's not like he's not this like elite slasher yet. He's a question mark. Jeremy Grant is a little bit of a question mark with, um, with just his general floor spacing, but I, I, I'm not super worried about him. I think he'll be okay. And Nurk is, uh, Nurk's like lack of rim finishing always kind of docks him on the offensive side. Like, um, he always gets, because he's just not a good finisher, hasn't been a consistently good finisher at the rim at any point in his career, has always been a below average finisher for a big man around the rim. That is the the weaknesses, but the offense, like the, the spacing and the one-on-one creation is is like, is there. They're going, that group projects to be a very good offensive team. They project to be a slightly below average defensive team, defensive lineup, not team, lineup. Um, and I think that checks out too. Like if you put Damon Ant on the court, you need elite defenders. Uh, Nazir Little is, potentially trending in that direction, but certainly not there yet. Jeremy Grant is an above average defender, pretty good help defender, really good in isolation against like-sized guys. Like I think he's a terrific big wing guys who want to operate, uh, operate in the like sort of mid post or like, or, or go at him with strength. Like I think Grant really excels there. You can watch him. And if he guards guys about his size, really good at guarding bigs. Um, that's why I'm not worried about him playing power forward, even a little bit. Cause I think he's straight up good at that. He's not like a versatile out on the 
guarding point switching on to point guards locking them up like you're not he's gonna guard the bigger wings um and you're gonna put someone else on the little guards like that's jeremy grant can get um not a, abused but exposed as not having a great skill there when he's matched up against smaller guards on the perimeter and the advanced stats suggest the same thing as my eyeballs have suggested watching a bunch of pistons games because i was a cade cunningham appreciator most of last season um so that group grades out as kind of what you think above average on offense and not very good on defense. So what I did was kind of plug in the other parts, you know, like, okay, well, what if Gary Payton starts at, um, starts at small forward? I don't like that lineup. I think it's, I'd rather have uh, Nas there because of the versatility, just like the general length. I think GP plays big, but he is six foot three. Um, so there's like, it is what it is. Like he's playing big and being big are different things. Um, you know, you take a step back, but on, on you okay on defense about the same trade-off, but you take a step back on offense. Cause Peyton is not, um, you know, he's, he's an okay shooter, but he's not like a really willing shooter and he doesn't have, he's a better cutter than he is driver as compared to Nas. And then the advanced stats suggest exactly that you put Josh Hart there and you are a little bit worse on defense, but better on offense. Cause Hart is just a good offensive player and was last season with the, uh, when his brief 13 games with the Blazers was insane on offense, his offensive numbers, which is mostly due to some really hot shooting nights, his 13 games with the Blazers. He was a monster. Um, he was really, really good. So what all of this is to say, the Blazers have this, you know, four spots basically locked in in the starting group is Damon Ant, Grant and Nurk, and then it's like, who plays the three? And I think you've got Josh Hart for a smaller lineup. You've got GP for like a smaller, but some defensive juice, like really good point of attack defense. You've got Nas for the rebounding and the athleticism and like versatility and length, like kind of the ideal type that you'd want with with that group but none of them like really deeply raise the floor um or like or sink it right like none of them are so good on defense that it changes the calculation or so bad on offense that it changes the calculation you're just it's basically just different flavors of, of of similar stuff you get a little bit different from each guy and you can you can move around in there but what i what i found and I think there's some irony here, and I want I want to address this, is that I think the Blazers' best offensive and defensive group, based on the advanced numbers using B-Ball Index um, lineup creation tool, which gives you scoring versatility, offensive rebounding, playmaking, one-on-one skill, perimeter spacing, and then on defense, uh, you know, one-on-one defense, perimeter defense, uh, uh, rim protection, uh, and then a, like an O LeBron and D LeBron scores, which is their sort of catch all offensive and defensive metrics. The best lineup has Ant on the bench. And I think I want to, I want to address this irony. The best lineup that I put together and the one that I'm most intrigued by is Damon Lower, Josh Hart, Gary Payton, the second, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic. Some of this is just because Dame is so freaking good on offense that you need that you can get a little bit less from your other guys. Like you don't need Supernova Anthony Simons on the court to still have a really good offensive team. Also, Josh Hart, good offensive player. Like uh, not not Anthony Simons, not that type of individual creation, but good offensive player. Nurk has been a good pick and roll partner. He'll be fine. Jeremy Grant has shown that he can score. Uh, Gary Payton, if he's your fifth best, if he's your fifth option on offense, really good cutter, really good screener, wonderful complimentary part. If you don't ask him to do too much in a, in a specific and small role, a very useful, but albeit a bit odd offensive, offensive part. But then here's the irony. This means that, that the best role for Amphrey Simons is a six man. 
something that I have pushed back on nonstop. This is your best lineup, like in terms of for all of the things. If you want offensive versatility, defensive versatility, that's Dame, Hart, Peyton, Grant, Yusuf Nurkic. But Amphrey Simons is by far the Blazers' second best offensive player. He's a real problem on defense right now. The Blazers need Ant to take real strides there, and that that'll that'll check a lot of that'll fix a lot of sort of their concerns. But the people who are who are saying, "Oh well, obviously Ant comes off the bench," it doesn't actually solve anything. And I think that's the irony here. This is the Blazers' best five-man grouping in terms of like sort of advanced stats. Sure, I, that kind of checks out to me. It's why I was plugging and plugging and playing. Um, I, I I'm really intrigued by that group. I'll slow down on saying it's my favorite lineup for the Blazers because I don't even think that's true. Um, because I don't think you could have a 2022-23 version of the Blazers' best lineup that doesn't include Anthony Simons. But I I see the vision. I see the logic. I get it. But keeping Ant off the bench doesn't actually solve anything. Making Ant a six-man does not solve anything. I'm going to say that one more time. Making Anthony Simons the sixth man does not solve anything. It solves the first six minutes of each half because Anthony Simons is on the bench for those first six minutes. But if he's going to play 33 to 36 minutes a night, which he is, they just gave him $100 million. He's going to finish the game. And he's going to play 35 minutes. So if you take away the first six minutes of each half, if you take away those 12 minutes, that just means his his time comes after that. He's still going to have to share the court with Dame. He's still going to have to play a whole bunch of minutes, and he's still going to finish the game. Unless you are going to take him off the court at crunch time, which doesn't make sense considering his skill set, you haven't actually solved anything. In fact, it might... Here's the actual argument for it, right? Like Here's the, here's the real argument, if you want to get into argument. It might be a better solution in the regular season to have Ant play less minutes directly next to Dame but you're still going to play the final eight minutes of every single game with those two on the court together. So in, it, when games are close, you're still going to have to deal with it. And when you get to the playoffs, the sort of like, let's hide our two best offensive players so they don't share the court together isn't a solution. It's not a solution. It's not It's not a solution because now you're talking about those guys playing and like the Blazers have to make the playoffs so this would be a problem. But like if you get there, if you get to these high leverage games, you're talking about playing guys 38 to 41 minutes a night. They're just going to share the court a lot. The solution is not to ignore them and try to divide them as much as possible. One, you literally can't do that based on how a basketball substitution pattern works and how available minutes work. Like, it doesn't actually solve the problem. It just changes where the problem is. And when you get to the high leverage moments, you're talking final 10 minutes of the game when those two gentlemen are on the court together. The solution is figuring out which three other players on the court maximize Dame and Ant. That's the, that's the, that's the math problem. That's why I went with the starting lineup stuff first. What do the Blazers need though, to maximize those two guys? Cause they're going to play together. They're going to play the salute. Even if you reduce their minutes together a little bit during the regular season, they're going to have to play. They're going to have to play the end of games, all of that. It doesn't actually solve anything, but what do you need? If that's the obvious, the obvious issue we all understand, what do they need? Let's talk about that to close the show a little bit. But first, let me tell you about Bilt Bar, best tasting protein bar on the market. I've been eating Bilt Bars for closing in on three years pretty regularly. They've been a part of my uh, sort of my snack routine. When I need a little bit of fuel, I reach for a Bilt Bar because they got a whole bunch of protein. 
with not a whole bunch of calories. They're sweet, so they give you that sort of boost, boost your blood sugar, but there's only on average four grams of sugar and just four net carbs. These are good and good for you. My personal favorites are peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream, but they got all types of new flavors all the time, so you can check the website and find out what works for you. For me, it's the perfect, like, I need I need some fuel I need some food I need some fuel but I want something that's kind of a treat in the middle of the day to get me going and keep me going sustain me with like protein my body can use without overloading on sugar and calories for you it might be something that gets you ready for a workout or gets you started for gets you started for your day when you don't have time to eat breakfast whatever it is go to built.com Use the promo code LOCK15, save 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Lockdown Blazers. Still trying to figure out what the Blazers' best five-man lineup is. By the numbers, Dame, Josh Hart, Gary Payton, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic looks like the Blazers' best five-man lineup, but it doesn't pass the smell test because you can't you can't pay Amphrey Simons $100 million and play him 20 minutes a night because he's like a you gotta hide him. You gotta believe in him. He's gotta grow. And so the actual solution, when you're talking about what's next for the Blazers, and I think this is important, the actual solution is not just saying, oh, make a sixth man, done deal. It doesn't actually work. The actual solution is saying, if you play Damon and Anthony Simons together, what do you need around them? What are the complementary parts that define their success? That's it. That's actually the solution. Because even money aside... If every time he's on the roster, like you saw him last year, he's, he's good enough to play. He's good enough to play. Even if he's on a rookie scale deal, he's good enough to play. Good enough to play a bunch of minutes. Starters minutes, 35 minutes a night. If you play 35 minutes a night, you spend 13 minutes on the bench. You do the math. <laughs> if Dame plays 35 minutes a night, he spends 13 minutes on the bench. You do the math. They still are going to have to play 12 to 15 minutes together. So let's say they do reduce the minutes all the time. They go to this six-man role. They, they get your big brain idea. What do they do in those 15 minutes? What do they need in those 15 minutes? Well, I think what they really need is defensive versatility. Uh, one of the issues with what Chauncey Billups has wanted to do is that his defensive style, he played a couple different styles. Um, to his credit, quite frankly, is that Chauncey Billups played a couple different styles. Early on in the in the Blazers season last year, Chauncey Billups played way too aggressive of a defense. He wanted them to blitz every pick and roll, chase guys at 35 feet, and then try to recover. And they didn't have um, the personnel to pull that off. Or maybe they just weren't good at it. Like, combination. Like, bad personnel fit, and they weren't good at it. And then he dialed it back a little bit later in the season, and they didn't blitz as much, but they, sh- they would still show on pick and roll. So the big guy, instead of dropping back, would be up at the level of the screen, sometimes above the level of the screen, show to the ball, corral the ball, and run back. But they wouldn't like full-on blitz it and then try to help behind. Uh, the help behind stuff, the Blazers were freaking terrible at it. Um, you'd hope that they get a little bit better at it this year so they at least can deploy that a little bit. And then Billups went to some more just switching stuff. He was more comfortable just like, okay, we're going to switch a bunch. Um, we're going to switch... Uh, with Nurk on there, very rarely one through five, but they weren't afraid of it. They would switch Nurk on to uh, folks. So some of what you need if you're going to play a Dame and Ant pairing is defensive versatility. That's why Jeremy Grant and Azir Little seem like obvious starters at the forward spots. They've got some switchability and defensive ability. Uh, Nas is 
better as a one-on-one guy. So asking him to be in a switch off a switch defense where he keeps the ball in front of him plays to his strengths. I think Jeremy Grant is better guarding, like I said, like size, really good guarding in isolation. Like I think as a one-on-one defender against dudes his size, Jeremy Grant is straight up very good at it. Putting him in a switchier scheme puts him on little guys or lets him get hunted by little guys and, and maybe takes away what he's good at. One, it puts him in a bad matchup. Two, he's a pretty good help defender as well. Not like elite. I think he's, um, you know, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but just from my eyeballs, I don't think he's like this elite help defender. Um, I, I, again, I think he's good guarding guys his size. Uh, so... The switchy stuff is, or the switchier, like if they're really heavy on switch stuff, which is like the way the league is heading, uh, it it helps a little bit, but it allows teams to hunt Damon Ant specifically, because if you know you're going to switch, you can hunt those matchups. So I think defensive versatility with the other guys allowing you to switch or switch off or bail or fight through and not switch so you can chase those things. The defensive versatility, it's like, okay, well, if Nazir Little and Jeremy Grant can guard, you know, three or four different positions, great, because we're going to need them to because that's our scheme. I think that helps. I think what the Blazers could really use is a little more playmaking, although Damon Lord wants the ball in his hands a bunch and wants the ball in his hands a bunch. So the I don't think it's off-the-bounce playmaking. It's passing and decision-making. Uh, I think if Jeremy Grant and Nas can get a little bit better at that, and Nas showed an ability. He was budding a little bit as a decision-maker, not off the dribble, but like as a short-roll guy or as a, hey, swing to me and make one extra pass. He was getting there. So I think a little more playmaking, a little more defensive versatility, and one more dude to get to the rim. I think those that's what you really need to complement this team. Length, length and defense is really important. Uh, Portland, this is why I've been banging the drum for the Blazers need to get bigger because I think they just, I think they just need one more dude who could competently play four and have no problem. I like Trenton Watford. I think he's pretty good. Um, he would, didn't grade out as a particularly good defender last year. And I'll be excited to see what he's like in year two. Uh, this is like my rookies are bad thing. He looked like a good defender, but the advanced stats suggest he was straight up bad at it. Um, rookies are bad. I think he could be better in year two because you saw the budding, IQ and feel on defense that was there. Um, Justice Winslow is strong as hell and can guard up a couple positions. His defensive versatility helps this group, and you can plug him in and he helps. Josh Hart is, you know, not super long, but has some has some defensive interest. Um, I don't think he's a lockdown defender and, and painting him as such, but he's a competitive and interested defender and can be. The Blazers have built a team that fits more around Damon Ant than they had in the past, because in the past, when you also have Norm and CJ, whose best skills are offense, playing along those other two gentlemen, they just, when you try to maximize everyone's skill sets, they don't work. I think the Blazers are closer to when they put in guys like, uh, Justice Winslow and Gary Payton and and Trenton Watford and, and Josh Hart off the bench, like when they when they go to the bench units, you're actually asking your bench guys to play their best. I think you're getting close. But what you need to to really play next to Damon Ant a bunch is I think uh defensive versatility and some rim pressure that allows that makes teams a little bit nervous to sell out um to Ant and Dame because you've got guys who will get all the way to the rim. Teams are still afraid of dunks. If you're giving up dunks, you're open like that rim pressure opens up the perimeter because guys are scared of straight line drivers. It's not a perfect roster. It's not close to it. I think it's a roster that has less talent than last year, but makes a little bit more sense. And as we get closer and get finalized, I'll give some more thoughts on this. But I think right now, 
The Blazers' starting lineup, or presumed starting lineup of Dame, Ant, Nas, Grant, and Nurk makes some makes the most sense. And I think with Hart and Winslow and GP for sure off the bench and Trent Wofford almost certainly off the bench, you have a nine-man team that's a little bit small but has some defensive versatility to go small and play small and play smart uh, and, and have more versatile plus defenders, more of that defensive versatility that will help hide slash complement the deficiencies of the backcourt. I think they could still use a little more size around the rim. I think they're going to, I think Jeremy Grant is going to be asked to do a lot on defense. I think he's going to get a big old ask on defense. I think if you can find a way to get GP Gary Payton two on the court, a bunch, uh, he's going to have a big ask as a point of attack defender on defense. I think, like I said, the Blazers team makes more sense and you're getting a, just like doing this exercise, I'm getting a sense of like what, what the Blazers' strengths and weaknesses are. When the dust settles on free agency here in the next couple weeks, whenever, whatever happens with, uh, in Brooklyn and, and Miami and Phoenix and Utah and all the teams, the sort of other secondary cities, we'll talk about where the Blazers stack up, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and all those things. But I think right now you're looking at a team that is an above-average offensive team that has the ability to put some above-average defensive lineups on the court, but maybe for not extended minutes. The task for them is finding a way to be an, an average defensive team when they have their kind of two guards, you know, two star guards out there and a really good defensive team off the bench. That's the Blazers path to success. We will continue to chart this path all off season long. So stick with us five days a week. Uh, we're going to switch into summer league mode. Blazers play summer league game on uh, Thursday. We're going to look at the summer league roster and talk about what to watch in summer league for the rest of the week. So come back and listen to that one because really, you know, first look at Shaden Sharps and look at Greg Brown, look at Trenton Watford. A lot of fun with the young guys. I'm excited to watch summer league. I hope you are too. And I hope you'll come back and listen to me talk about it. And I hope you'll tell your friends. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.